Merry Christmas! Just in time for the holiday, the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act, or SECURE Act, has been made law. It's effective January 1st, 2020, and today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big Al explain what this new retirement legislation means for your stretch IRAs, required minimum distributions, retirement savings, and more. Plus, the fellas answer your questions on self-employed small business retirement plans and paying off the mortgage. If you've got money questions, comments, compliments, or complaints, click the link in the description in your podcast app to go to the show notes and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Happy holidays, everyone. Tis the season to be jolly. Hot up the press, Secure Act. This is probably the biggest retirement act in the last decade, I would say. Yeah, and, but and th- that's all BS, too. No, it isn't. There, there's some stuff. I mean, it's not like the best thing ever. It's I'll like, put, this is uh, huge. But Well, it's bi- it's the biggest thing in the last <laughs> 10 years. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I suppose, because there hasn't really been anything and besides the, what the Pension Protection Act of 06. If, if you roll the tape back, that's what I said. It's the biggest <laughs> thing in the last 10, <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> that's like clickbait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose. And Anyway, so here's what happened. Last Thursday, first of all, let me, let me back up. So the, the House and the Senate, they've been working on this bill to try to improve a few things for in our retirement system. And the House, I think it was maybe May, if I'm not mistaken, they voted something like 100, no, 360 to 3, something like that, to pass this thing. So it seemed like this would go right through the Senate. And for whatever procedural reasons, the Senate had to have a unanimous approval, which they did not get. So this got delayed, and what happened recently was this act was attached to our spending bill. And so last Thursday, the Senate voted on it and passed it, and on Tuesday, this last Tuesday, the House of Representatives passed it. Therefore, we should know what it is. Okay. Yep. It's not um, that big of a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, I mean, high level, a few things. Um, RMDs. Yes. They moved them to age 72. Correct. It's so instead of 70 and a half, where you have to take money out of your IRA, 401k, whether you want to or not, now the new age will be age 72. Yeah, a year and a half. A year and a half. Yep, okay. Big, big benefit. All right, so another thing. There is no age restriction on IRA contributions. Right. Uh, before you had to be under age 70 to make an IRA contribution, that is no longer. So if you're still working, because people are working a lot longer. Sure. So, you know, if you're working... Till seventy five, and you want to put that seven thousand dollars into an IRA? God bless you. You have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, of course. If you're over seventy and a half, even though you put the contribution in, you, you got to take an RMD. Have to, have to take the RMD out <laughs> no, the following but, year. No, well, now it's seventy two. Now it's seventy two. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, um, there, and there's one more big thing. Well, no, there's a couple of others. So let, let's say if I'm a small business owner, uh, there's these MEPS. Yeah. Right. And so it's making it easier, cheaper for smaller businesses to have a 401k plan for their employers. By the way, MEP is multi-employer plan. So in other words, you can get several small businesses together under a single plan and make it more cost effective. There's a few things in regards to 529 plans that they were fighting over. And I don't know what the heck they figured out there. I know one side was, hey, can we do it for homeschooling? And the other side was, no, you can't do it for homeschooling. So I don't have the actual bill in front of me. Yeah, and and I don't either, because there were some differences. Actually, to be honest, the Senate bill had the required minimum distribution date to age 75. Yeah, Yeah. but I think 72 is probably what what ended up passing. Uh, There's another one. So birth of a child or adoption, 
you can pull $5,000 out of your IRA. You still have to pay tax, but there's no 10% penalty. Um, so these are huge. I mean, this is really going to change the lives. Ginormous. Of, of, <laughs> like, of, of every American out there. But the big one is yeah, because they had to pay for all these small little things that yes. they did, and so they got rid of the stretch IRA. Yeah, the stretch IRA. So this is where when you um, someone passes away, and when there's a beneficiary that's not a spouse, so this would be like a kid or grandkid or someone like that, when they inherit your IRA, they can stretch it over their lifetime, meaning they have to start withdrawing money uh, as soon as they get the IRA from you, at regardless of any age. But now it's uh, now they're supposed to take it out within ten years. So I guess there is still a stretch, but it's a ten-year stretch. Yeah, and it's a little bit different um, in regards to you have ten years. So this was back Al, prior to the law in two thousand. So this is about twenty years ago. Is that there was the five-year rule before the stretch came about? Right. And so the five-year rule meant that well, you had five years to take it the dis. To, to fully distribute the money out of the retirement yeah, account. Yeah, so you don't have to do a single thing years one through four. Absolutely. Right. Same rule applies now. Yeah. Um, so you have 10 years. So if you have um, nine years of income that you're still working, don't you don't have to take a distribution. And then the 10th year, you have to pull then have everything out. You have to take out. it all. Right. So you can get a little bit creative on your distribution you strategy can. once you do inherit that account. So it's not all bad. Well, that's right. And so, like, let's say you're self-employed and your your business fluctuates year to year. So that would, you know, in low-income years, then you would want to do some, some, some money out of that IRA while you're in lower tax brackets. But there are some exceptions, Joe, to those that don't have to do the 10-year rule. And I want to go over those really quickly. Yeah, there's one that I'm... Um, if, if your beneficiary is 10 years... If the if if the if you're not more than ten years younger than the owner of the plan, so they stretch. Uh, they can stretch. In other words, if they're roughly the same age, right, as the owner, they can still stretch. So the stretch still applies for that. Like, yeah, um, spouse death disability. So like, like if that. you inherited my IRA, I would have I would you, have to you, take it out in ten you, years. You couldn't stretch because <laughs> you're more than ten years younger <laughs> than me. Got it. Anyway, but so here's the five situations. So where you're saying I might. Be a beneficiary of your. <laughs> you might be a contingent, <laughs> contingent, contingent, contingent. Got it. Somewhere down there. Got in the, it. So in the you're saying the I have, there's a chance. There's a chance. So, so if you're a surviving spouse, you can still stretch. So the, the, that rule didn't really change. If you're disabled, you yeah. Can but st- uh, uh, hold on there. A surviving spouse may not want to stretch. That's right. Right. So surviving spouses have a unique rule where they can roll it into their own plan if they wanted to. That's correct. Or they can keep it in the deceased spouse's plan. You keep it in the deceased spouse's plan if you're under 59 and a half and you need access to the money. Right. Because then there's no 10% penalty. Yes. If you're over 59 and a half, it makes more sense potentially just to roll it into your own plan if you were younger than the deceased spouse. Um, and if... If this happened, you're probably younger, um, hypothetically, <laughs> unless he Whoa. or she or he died of a car accident yeah, or something. But, sure. Right? Well, and, and that's right. So those rules, the surviving spouse rules, they didn't really change at all. But so I bring that up just because that's not part of this 10-year rule. The, se- the second one is if you're disabled, you, don't, you can still do the stretch. If you're chronically ill, so I don't know what that means, but... Um, I'm sure they'll have a definition there. Uh, We talked about if you're not more than 10 years younger than the owner, or if you're a minor child, you can still stretch it. And I don't even know what that means. Does that mean by the time you're no longer a minor child, you have to take the rest out in 10 years? 
I guess once we get the final bill, we'll, we'll be able to figure that out. Yeah, I suppose if you inherit at 17. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Do you get to stretch forever or just one? I would imagine that would be hard to monitor. Yeah. You would get the stretch, you keep the stretch versus, okay, now flip it on, now take it out I, in 10 years. I don't, we'll have to find yeah. out. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, remember the, the required distribution rules um, were a bloody mess trying to figure those things out. Um, so they simplified it. So a lot of these things that they're doing, it seems like they're trying to simplify something. Sure. Um, you know, 70 and a half, that's always been confusing for a lot of people. So yeah, do, what, I t- do I have to take it out this year or what? next year? I turn 70 and a half when? And can I push it to the following year? Then I have to take two? You ever get that question? Why did they pick 70 and a half? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, what do you say? I say I have no so, No idea. But- <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, what do you really say? <laughs> anyway, my answer is the same. I, there, I, I, I'm 59 no, and a half? I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. They Stupid. just picked that date. Yeah. You know what Secure stands for, right, Al? I do. What? Uh, I know, and I don't have to look. What? I, I Setting look. every community up for retirement enhancement. Yeah, Setting please. every community up uh, for, for retirement, retirement enhancement. enhancement. There's no retirement enhancement. In this stupid bill. Well, you might get... Except for if I sell annuities. Well, well, there's my annuity boys again. They'll probably start blowing me up again. But yeah, now I... Say that, did you? (laughs) Yes. Um, They're allowing annuities now in 401k plans. Um, It depends on... I'm interested to see because... I don't hate all annuities. I like immediate annuities. If you want a guaranteed income stream for the rest of your life, you're just exchanging a lump sum for a guaranteed income that's uh, yeah, guaranteed so, okay. by an insurance company. So I, I'm I'm down with that for because some people will need that, right? Because they're they're spendaholics, right? If you got cash, they'll spend too much versus maybe just exchanging that lump sum into a guaranteed Good income, income that, I, that that they cannot live, yep. and you put that on top of Social Security, maybe a small pension. You know, I think that's that's wise. I think that's smart. So yeah, for um, so, someone maybe they don't have enough in their retirement account, they spend too much, they think they're going to live a good long life. It's it's actually a great tool. Can be. Yeah, um, it's just to protect us from our ourselves. Correct. For more on the biggest change to retirement in the last 13 years, download our new Secure Act guide and check out Big Al's video on the Secure Act. Both are in the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Click the link in the description of this episode in your podcast app to go right to the show notes where you can download that guide for free, watch the video, get other free financial resources, and read the transcript of this episode. The SECURE Act also includes some changes that affect business owners, so let's get into some self-employed retirement savings questions. Click Ask Joe and Big Al on air in the show notes to send in yours. How about Cindy from California? Okay, I like that. Okay. Hi, guys. I found you guys a couple of days ago on YouTube Spotify. Oh, we're on oh, Spotify? Spotify. That's awesome. Oh, that's, you didn't know we, that? We, no. we made the big time now. We, oh, my we, God. We get a bunch of people who listen to us on Spotify. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't have Spotify. I, I, I do. I didn't know I was on it. Well, that, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, I subscribe to us on Spotify. Wow. Um, oh, my goodness. Cindy's in California. Uh, she's 24 years old. Um, I'm 24 years old with my Roth IRA, solo 401k, and SEP IRA all maxed out. 24 years old, max, and all that stuff out. That's fantastic, That's Cindy. awesome. Um, I am paid $103,000 a year. What else can I do to reduce my tax liability? All right. So, Cindy, 24, solo 401k and SEP. So, she's putting around, what, 50000 a little bit less than that, just because she makes one hundred and three. 
probably yeah, about so 35. I, I, guess, I guess we're assuming, since she's got a solo K and a SEP, she is self-employed. Yes. So $103,000, you could, she could put in $19,000 into the employee part. Of the she, solo 401k. Yeah, and she could put in roughly $20,000 for the for the yeah. profit okay. sharing. So let's let's round it to forty. So she she can put in forty thousand dollars. Plus she can put in, uh, what is it, six grand into a, Roth. into a Roth IRA. Yep. What else can you do to save your tax? Um, it's tough, Cindy. You're twenty four. You're making a ton of money. Um, you know, there's charitable things, but I would I, not recommend at twenty four. Maybe I don't nah, know. It'd be hard to get over the standard deduction. Here, I got an idea for you. If you if you you're got, se- if you're you self- got two seconds. If you're self employed, if you need. More computers, desks, things like that. You can purchase them. You can write them, write them off in the year of purchase. All right, Cindy, congratulations. Uh, way to go. You're killing it. Fire movement for Cindy. Ooh, Maydell. What page are we? Page, page five. Page, page five. five. Okay, good. Maydell from New Jersey. All right, Maydell. That's kind of a cool name. It is. You ever heard that name before? Maydell? Yeah. No. Me neither. I don't know. If I ever have a child. <laughs> Maydell. I might... Name him Maydell. Yeah, I'm not sure or if that's. Uh, that, I'm not sure if that's a boy or a girl. I think Maydell may be female. We're we're getting some really unique names we where are. I'm not sure if it's. You think they're making them up? No, they're real. How can you make up Maydell? Just you make it up. No, that sounds good. No. Her m- mother gave her Maydell. <laughs> uh, this is I'd definitely a female. I'd, I'd say fifty-fifty. Thank you for a wonderful and educational program that you guys offer. That's nice. Keep going. I don't think that that sounds like a... It is a pleasure to listen. It's a pleasure to listen to the program every time. I'm 27 years old. I'm self-employed, making about eighty dollars to $100,000 a year. I need to get a retirement account, but it's always confusing which way to go. Roth, traditional, small business, 401k. Also, which entity is more reliable or less costly, like TD Ameritrade or Vanguard or any other? Also, should I do my own investments in stocks, bonds, or should I let the entity do it for me for a fee? I'm afraid to just put my money and not have any return at all. Hopefully, my question is understandable. Thank you. Maydell, totally understandable. Totally understand what you're uh, trying to accomplish. So, let's break this out real quickly. Maydell's 27, self-employed. Right. So, a self-employed individual has the option to either just do a standard IRA Go standard Roth, which most of you are familiar with, but they also have other options, such as a self-employment retirement account, like a solo 401k, or a SEP IRA. Self-employed pension plan. So I think, Maydell, um, I would go with a small business 401k. I would go with the solo 401k. Uh, you make eighty dollars to $100,000 a year. You can put up to roughly $20,000 into the plan. Yeah, plus the... Uh Profit sharing part, so let's call it another twenty. Yeah, so about forty ish. But Maydell lives in Jersey. Jersey ain't cheap. No, so maybe you don't want to save that much, but it would give you the flexibility to save more money than maybe just the six thousand dollars in a standard IRA. Yeah, and I think that's probably a good way to say it. To the extent that you have extra money that you want to invest, you can put a lot away. Now, if you max this thing out, let's just let's start there, okay? So you could put $19,000 into the employee part of this small business or solo 401k. That could be either deductible as a traditional 401k or it could be Roth. It could be the Roth side. So you have a choice there. 
then the employer part, since you're self-employed, you're employee and employer. So that's going to be roughly 20% of your bottom line profit. So let's just say it's $100,000, 20% of that's 20000 So that's how we, we kind of said roughly you can put 40000 in. So if you want to, you could put as much as about half of that in the Roth side, but the other half has to be fully deductible. When it's the employer side, it, you can't use the Roth component. It just has, it's, it's fully deductible. So that's the maximum. But the real question is how much do you have to save? And should you save it in the Roth side or should you save it in the traditional side? And the answer somewhat depends upon your tax bracket. Uh, how much money that you've saved, what your goals are. Yeah, right. You know, but at 27 years old, I would probably go more Roth. I would too. And the reason that, that our thinking is is at 27 years old, you're probably you're already quite successful, but you'll probably be even more successful in the future in higher tax brackets. So take advantage of the of the lower tax brackets perhaps that you're in right now and let that money grow. 20, 30 years or more. Yeah, and I've, and I've said this argument a million times. I don't care what tax bracket Maydell's in because it, Maydell's not going to remember paying the tax today at 27 when she's 67 years old. Yeah, when she, all of that money is compound tax for tax free. You know, she's got a big fat pool, or Maydell's got a big fat pool of tax free money. Um, it's like, oh, I should have took the deduction when I was 27. Who gives it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, you could make that argument. But I would also say if you, if you do that your entire career, then all you end up with is Social Security, which will be completely tax-free, and, you, and you'll have potentially no other money to utilize the low brackets. So you actually want some money in the in the traditional part. Oh, now he's getting complicated. Not really. Not for Big Al. <laughs> so, but where should she put it? TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, and should she let them invest it? It's up to Mendel. Um, e- either one is fine. E- I would say they're 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 both custodians. I would say depends on how much money Maydell has. Um, I would if it's under a couple hundred thousand dollars, I would go to Vanguard for sure. I would. Um, why? Why do you say that? Actually, I agree with you, but why do you say that? Because I I don't think you need professional management. Um, and Vanguard is known for very good low cost investments. Yeah, I would just let, let uh, my favorite funds at Vanguard is like the total U.S. stock market index fund. Yeah, and the total, the total international. Agreed. Right, and if you want to get cute, you could go total emerging markets. Yeah, and you could also do a total bond fund. Right, and, and so then so you got so you thousands got, of different stocks. You could you could just pick those three or four. Right, and be pretty well diversified. Very well diversified for a low cost, you know, and then you just kind of keep playing with there, and then as soon as it gets to a couple hundred thousand dollars, you're making a little bit more money, and then now, then that's, you're getting a little bit older, um, so things get more complex in your financial life, then that's when I would probably start looking for maybe some professional advice, you know, because the, the larger the pool of money, you want to make sure that you're rebalancing, managing the risk appropriately, and as that pool gets a little bit bigger, then it makes more sense to go into different asset classes specifically to target those premiums. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think if Maydell's just starting, I don't know, that, that's what I would do. Yeah, and I would say this maybe as a rule of thumb. If, if your money is going to be invested for 10 years or more, then make sure you favor money in the stock market as opposed to CDs or bonds, because you've got plenty of time for market fluctuations and you'll do better in the long term. Now, and if anything less than 10 years, you got to look at it a little more carefully, right, in terms of how that should be invested. 
Cindy Maydell and other entrepreneurs, I've posted a bunch of retirement plan resources for you self-employed small business owners in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com, including a podcast video of Joe and Big Al discussing the benefits of the solo 401k and the solo Roth 401k, a giant blog post on small business tax filing, the YMYW TV show episode on retiring as a self-employed person in the new gig economy, and a video from our own Allison Alley outlining the best self-employed retirement plans. Click the link in your podcast app to go to the show notes. And don't forget to share these free resources with all the self-employed small business owners you know. Consider it a Christmas present. All right. How about Tim Yeah, from San Diego? Uh, Tim writes in, hey, my mortgage is 3.25% with a balance of under $100,000. I'm retiring in two years. My 401k is averaging 7%. Should I pay off my mortgage? Well, Tim, um, are they mutually exclusive? Or? Not necessarily, but I think he's he's thinking of using his four hundred one k funds. If you take your money out of your four hundred one k, first of all, you got to pay taxes, so that may throw you into a higher tax bracket, and that may not be advisable. If your mortgage is three and a quarter, and your four hundred one k is average seventy seven percent, the math doesn't really work in your favor to pay it off. But that's not going to say that it's going to continue to grow at seven. No, it's not. It's that's exactly right. So that's that's the wild card. But I'd, I would say another thing is it depends upon your assets and the need. Because sometimes we have people that come into our office that have a $100,000 mortgage and they got $4 million sitting in the bank. It's like, yeah, pay it off. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's a guaranteed 3.25%. It's, it's, it's a nuisance to have the mortgage. In other cases, they have a $100,000 mortgage and, and 20000 in the bank. It's like, no, don't pay it off. It's, it's uh, if you pay it off, it, it, even if you had the resources to pay it off, you'd have nothing left over, and you're house rich, cash poor. You got no way to, to buy meals and whatever, right? So, right. So it kind of it sort of depends upon your overall assets. But to me, the general rule is, if the mortgage is a bit of a nuisance, in other words, if you have plenty of assets to cover it, uh, and it makes you feel better, go ahead and pay it off. Just just for the peace of mind, not to worry about the making that monthly payment, not you know. Being mortgage free is a is a nice feeling, but do not take the money out of the four hundred one k plan to pay off the mortgage because it's going to cost you a heck of a lot more than you think. Yeah, that, because, that's where people kind of get mixed up, right? right because you're pulling a hundred thousand dollars out of your four hundred one k plan, then now you're pushing yourself up into a lot higher tax bracket. You're paying taxes to take the hundred thousand dollars out, and you don't have the liquidity anyway. So now you got to pull more money out to pay more tax on the hundred thousand that you pulled out to pay off the mortgage. Yeah. So going through the math, if you need a hundred thousand dollars, I'm just going to assume he's in a twenty-two percent federal bracket. I'll just make that assumption. Nine percent state of California. So let's just round it to thirty percent. I'm fine okay? with that. So all right. So thirty percent. You pull out a hundred thousand dollars. You need thirty thousand dollars. So you're thinking, okay, I'll just pull out one thirty. Well, now you pulled out 130, so now you need 30% of 130. So now you got to pull out 135. Whoops, now you need 30% of 130, you know, and, and it just keeps on going out. You probably probably have to pull out 140, 145 just to get the 100 net. Right. Right? Yep. So if that is a big chunk of your overall liquid assets, nest egg, um, then just kind of be careful. Just understand the math behind what you're currently doing because a lot of times people will look at their 401k balances and think all right this is a liquid asset but they don't calculate the tax or they don't they, they calculate don't think the about tax it, do appropriately didn't we have years ago we had someone listening to our show and and or actually before they listened to their show 
the the gentleman retired. He pulled out about three hundred fifty thousand dollars out of his out of his four hundred one k. Basically drained it out. Yeah, and and paid off his mortgage. Was so excited, and then we met him, and he realized. Oh, that wasn't a very good idea right, because, because of the, the taxes. Had, yeah, he had a huge pension too, he, and he had and he had no money to pay the taxes. <laughs> and it's like, fortunately, we caught him within sixty days, and so he could actually put the money back in. You get you could do that once over the course of three hundred sixty-five days. So he unpaid off his mortgage. Yeah, then we refinanced well, the mortgage and got the money back. Ah, yeah. put it back into the four hundred one k plan. Right, right. So it was a complete cluster. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Because they'd listen to a few different things, and you're like, okay, well, they just heard the fact that Al said, well, debt-free is a wonderful thing, or Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Dave Ramsey is like, likely. oh, God, I got, you know, Big Dave. Big Al and Big Dave are my yeah. idols. And they agreed. No no debt. That's <laughs> bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. So just be careful, right? Um, there was another guy that bought a, um, his, his dream home, 400 grand, down payment. Was it even? It was a down payment. Right. He had eight hundred grand in his four hundred one k plan. Bought a million plus home, and pulled four hundred thousand dollars out of his four hundred one k plan to put the down payment down. Next year, he owed like a hundred and some odd thousand dollars in taxes plus a fat mortgage, right. and he only had eight hundred grand total in his four hundred one k plan. Well, Joe, it's my wife's dream home, and it's my dream home. We're gonna. I go, okay, you're, it's up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> you realize yeah. you can't afford it. You realize you just blew yourself up. Let's go to Will uh, from Philadelphia, PA. Okay. I'll just, I, I just want to preface this by saying his his actual question is on the reverse side of the page. The rest of uh, it is all story. Okay. Uh, all right. Sounds okay. good. Hey, guys. Uh, this email is from the podcast um, within... You already this email it. is from the past, podcast-wise. Oh, from the past, podcast-wise, with an Asian POV. Okay? Been listening to your podcast for a few, a few weeks after my uncle recommended you. All right. Well, thanks, uncle. Yeah. I started listening to the 2016 episodes, but changed it to 2019, and now I'm in April. Um, if this makes it on the air, feel free to condense it. Uh, just want to give you a little background. So he started at 2016. He goes, "This sucks." Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm way behind. <laughs> I've got old tax law. This, goes, this makes no sense. Yeah, I gotta get. I gotta. How come you didn't condense this? Andy? I asked you if you wanted me to, and you never replied. So I thought I'd just give you all yeah. of it. I'm gonna t- make an executive uh, decision for. Let, let's start condensing these. That's <laughs> you your got job. It. Okay. <laughs> all right. I would like to thank my mom for being very thrifty and teaching me the value of money. Um, I'm mostly a saver, and due to my unfortunate early adult dabbling into the stock market, I've continued since. People warn about inflation, but my thought is usually if I have $1,000, it might be worth $900, but at least it's still $1,000. If I invested in the stock market and it drops to $900, well, then it'll be worth $800. So... I continue just with CDs, new bank account offers, credit card offers, um, some one-time contribution mutual funds, uh, and Roth here in there uh, once or twice. I've worked full-time, overtime, part-time. <laughs> <laughs> He's worked all sorts of times. And he worked years ago. <laughs> and even though I have an okay computer consulting business and my wife works two part-times, I've become complacent. I don't think you're complacent at all. He's lazy. He's, he's uh, relaxed. He's yeah. That's what he says. Well, I, I, he works full time, overtime, part time. Oh, I guess he did that years ago. Years ago. <laughs> I'm now, only forty one. Now, he, now he's lazy. He's forty one. Yeah. I was working like I mean I thought for sure this guy's like sixty. 
<laughs> oh, I'm so tired. He's, he's younger than you. Because I'm just jamming, working full-time, part-time. I'm tired. Um, my wife's 38, and we have a 12-year-old, and uh, we try not to live beyond our means. I learn to fix what I can around the house. Cars, um, he gets free gas. Okay. I wonder how. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Steals it, <laughs> siphons it from his neighbor. Yeah. He doesn't leave it all in because this is so funny. You see, Will just suck it on some. <laughs> some he's he's got to go to the hospital every now and again when yeah, it gets swallows too much. That's why he's working part time because the guy's sick because he's full of gasoline. <laughs> yeah, he's on medical right. disability. No, he's got his twelve-year-old sucking yeah, up the gas because he can't do it. Oh. Come here, Junior. <laughs> no, no, Daddy. This is, this, is, this, is, this is a Buick. It's got a big, we get a lot of gas out of this one. Daddy, I don't want to have that special juice. <laughs> Shut up. It doesn't taste good. Come on, suck on that thing. <laughs> it tastes just like mother's milk. Oh, my God. All right. Then somehow, I, he happened upon the Dave Ramsey show. Oh, there uh, you that's, go. That's Big Al's best friend. <laughs> He's entertaining. Uh, but he had hordes. Uh, credit cards. He, he doesn't like credit he cards. He does not like them at all. And it's offers. We don't have any outstanding balances. Um, while the, he likes the perks, but yeah. it's not making him rich. Yep. It's not using up our uh, earned income to spend on air travel and hotels and vacations. Only our debt are two houses. So he's got about a 4%, 3% interest on him. The 3% one is being rented. Uh, the main thing I got from him is... Uh, the urgency, just the yeah, re- reigniting, reigniting to pay off all that just debt. Just to pay off the debt. Debt, we, bad. Yes. We, <laughs> uh, we've become accustomed, um, what's this, uh, to the regular plus a little extra principal monthly payments. I had thought right when I paid off the car payments a couple of years early, essentially paying myself the 6% interest, but I didn't go, um, but I didn't do it enough for the house. Okay. All right. So he's crunching numbers, and he could save anywhere from fifty to eighty thousand dollars in interest. I got denied from refinancing despite excellent credit because of self-employment. Well, well, yeah. because he hasn't worked for five <laughs> yeah, years. He's, he's relaxed and lazy. That's <laughs> yeah. what it says. There you go. Here, don't look at my last three years' returns. Look at this ten years ago. Look, look how good I was. When I was grinding. <laughs> That's before I got sick, yeah, siphoning gasoline. Gas. Oh God! I've read arguments that paying off the house with now money will cost more than next year's money. Inflation. When you can invest the now money. Um, and watch it grow. All right, come on, Will. Do you got a question for us here? Okay. I also hated myself for not um, delving enough on the power of compound interest. So starting last year, I opened up a Vanguard SEP IRA. I'd be able to contribute 25% of the business income and $6,000 to a Roth. Okay, so here's the question. It's a conundrum. It is. I technically have enough to pay off the house. Weird. But it seems scary doing this. I don't know why the hell that would <laughs> then, be scary. Then don't do it. <laughs> we already paid about thirty-five k uh, this last few months, and have about one hundred fifty-six thousand dollars left. Should I max out the Roth and the SEP and my wife's four hundred three B in Roth, or should he pay off the mortgage? Is I guess his question. I guess so. That's the conundrum. Um. Well, let's see. The mortgages uh, are at four and a, and one point two five percent and three percent, 
And it sounds like he got burned in the stock market, probably right during the Great Recession or maybe the dot-com bust. And uh, so he only does CDs. And what the best CDs are probably paying two and a quarter, maybe. Okay. Right? So if you uh, He's 40 years old. He's got $153,000 in debt. I mean, in, in mortgages. Three and four percent? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the payments on those got to be pennies. Pretty, pretty low. Right? Jam, put Will. Max out every retirement plan you possibly can. Stop siphoning gas, <laughs> and start working hard. Yeah, and stop being uh, lazy. And let's get a little bit of money invested, Just, right? And then have a globally diversified portfolio. Yeah, you, right. You, you're at Vanguard. The it, total U.S. stock market index fund for about fifty percent. I would go another thirty percent of total international yeah, market but, fund, and then the rest in short-term bonds. He'll never do that because he got burned. But at least start out like twenty percent in the market or something. Okay, these are retirement accounts. He's forty years old. He cannot touch these for twenty years. I know, but he's not going to do it because he's a CD guy. He's a cash man. Uh, he's cash man. Cash man. Will, listen to me. We are roughly the same age. You have missed out on a pretty good 10 years. Yeah, we actually had the 10 best years probably Ever. in our lifetime. And now he's kicking himself because yeah, he realizes that. It. And, now and then he's like, okay, yeah. well, here, should I, should I pay off? No, you want to look at the sooner you get the money invested, the better off you're going to be. Pick the portfolio that is right for your time frame, what target rate of return that you need to generate, right? And go from there. So, and I agree with you. And let's just say that that's 60% stocks. Okay. Okay, let's just say that. At 41, so, it's probably 80. It probably. It however, he's not going to do it. I, so so here's 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 a way to do it, is, is, is invest 20% of your portfolio in stocks, and every month add another percent. Dollar cost average in. I think, okay, that's one way to do it if you think that he's not going to do it. But he just needs to get over his fear. He does. But Look it, yourself in the but mirror, But it's hard Will. right now because— You're Mar 40! I know, but— You're not 65 and need the money next year. But he's also thinking 10-year bull run. I missed it. Now I'm going to put all in. I'm going to put the money in, and the market's going to crash. Okay, 20 years from now, do you think the market is going to be <laughs> higher or lower than it is today? Yeah, that is the right way to look at it. I'm just saying it's awful hard for a person that's been burned and has invested in cash for probably 10-plus years, maybe maybe 15. I don't know. But, okay, how much money do you think a 40-year-old actually has? Well, Especially if he's been lazy and complacent. He used to work full-time, overtime. It's not millions. And part-time. He used to have all kinds of jobs. <laughs> so he's got all kinds of money. I don't know. I have no idea. Right. But I'm seeing, okay, so let's say he got burned in the stock market in his 30s. I mean, so he lost a couple of bucks. Yeah. Right? Well, you got to get over it. So, and he so, never made any money either because uh, you know, he didn't have any money to make. So, uh, and I'll just, I'll just give you a little historical frame of reference. Well, just, just, so if you would have invested in the Dow Jones in... The, the height of the market. Hypothetically. And, yeah, hypothetically, the, it was roughly, in, in round numbers, 12,000 points. Would you agree 12, with that? 12,000? 12,000. Then it went down to six. Yeah, okay. And now it's what, 27? It's, yeah, it's higher. So here's the <laughs> point. Higher. You could have invested at the height of the market in one, 2007, I guess, late 2007, mm -hmm. somewhere, somewhere around there, the height of the market. And, drop. and dropped and weathered that whole thing and have a have a portfolio that's more than double 
instead of having money in cash. Yeah, but, what, what, all I'm saying is you can invest at the absolute worst times and still do rather well just because you, you do what Joe just said. Is the market going to be higher in 20 years than it is now? The answer is probably yes. And so you go with those odds. All right. Well, hopefully that helps. Good luck with everything. Thanks for uh, the question. Thanks for the uncle for referring. And I'm sorry, 2016 sucked. And that is how it's done, folks. Your referrals, sharing this podcast is the number one way that we reach new people, grow the show, and continue making hilariously bad guesses at what your emails actually mean. Thank you to everyone who has told even one other person to check out YMYW. You can help us keep your money, your wealth going strong in 2020. Give the gift of entertaining financial literacy for Christmas. Subscribe to us on any and all of your favorite podcast apps and tell everyone you know to subscribe too. Find us on Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, and basically all the podcast apps. It's free to subscribe and listen. You can get us on your Amazon Echo devices, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe to our newsletter to get the podcast sent to you via email. You can find links to any and all of these in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go straight there and start sharing. All right. Uh, we got a couple comments here. Uh, Cynthia from Houston, she wrote... Yeah. You know, she writes into Andy. Dear right. Andy, thanks to you and the boys for the incredibly helpful discussion on the break-even point for Roth conversion. It was exactly what I needed to share with my husband. Happy holidays to you all. Uh, happy holidays to you, Cynthia from Houston. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, she probably was like, here, honey. Yeah, listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah, this is... You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I got it on the podcast. <laughs> Episode 252, or whatever it was. <laughs> now, listen, we're doing a Roth conversion. I don't care about. I don't know. <laughs> listen to what the guys say. Yes, actually, listen to what Andy says. <laughs> the guys just are filler. Yeah. All right. This uh, John from Belton, Texas. Then near Houston. Um, Belton, Texas. I don't know. I'm going to Belton, Texas, though, and I'm going to wear some cowboy boots. That's and I'm a gonna great a... name, Belton. Do you have cowboy boots? I do have cowboy boots. I, I do too. You got a cowboy hat? Uh, no. I do. Yes, I know you do. Yeah. You have like a, a Yukon. Ca- cowboy shirts? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I gave mine away. I don't have those anymore. Uh, but I can go, I can get some more. Yeah, I'm sure you can. Belton is north of Austin. Oh, yeah. Oh, Belton. well, that's, that, I want to go there. All right. Uh, John, um, he goes, don't have a question today, but just wanted to wish a Merry Christmas to the crew of the best podcast in existence. Wow. Thanks, John. John from Belton. I have to keep a podcast that I have not listened to on my iPad or iPod uh, because I would panic if I didn't have a new podcast available to listen to. Uh, Keep up the great work. PSYMYW would be my favorite podcast, even if I have not won the $100 survey last August. Thank you. So, John, we paid you 100 bucks. Just make that comment. To make that comment. I appreciate that. <laughs> nice. If anyone else wants $100, please write in to Andy and say how great we are. <laughs> and then we'll evaluate whether it's worth it. Oh, boy. Um, this is kind of a little, 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 little self-serving um, last we, segment we're doing. We, uh, we made a joke. That's not true. All right. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for your comments, questions, and everything else to make this show possible. Andy, Merry Christmas. Big Merry Al, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll see you next week. Show's got your money well. Got a couple derails for you at the very end of this episode of Your Money, Your Wealth, which is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to sign up for a no-cost, no obligation to meeting assessment either in person or via
via web meeting with a certified financial planner from Pure. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Boxing Day, and Happy Holidays. We'll see you all next week. It is the season. It's a great time of year, right, for family and friends and uh, just reflecting on how the year was and thinking about next year. Got your resolutions already? Okay. This has just turned into such a cheese ball. Of it's course. It's such a, just a beautiful time of year, isn't it? It's, well, you know why I'm, I'm talking like this? I saw a Hallmark movie last night. Oh, you did. I'm all sappy now. <laughs> I was crying. You know how I cry at movies Yes. Sometimes. Well, they're on the same movie. I know. You can predict them in oh, two minutes. Uh, two minutes? But they still, <laughs> they still get me. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind them. I can binge watch that. You think people binge? Um, I'm, I'm sure there's They've been They've told us they do. There's like one, one, one or two. They or find two. out you guys are on YouTube and they're all over it. Yeah. It's, do you think it's, we're binge worthy? No, not show? even, not even, I, not even. I can't even smidge. imagine. I can't even listen to I about mean, thirty I mean, seconds I would of this. Fall garbage. asleep after fifteen minutes. Fall asleep? I'd vomit. <laughs> Just don't do both, please. <laughs> you would be. Asleep. I would be asleep, and you would be vomiting. Yeah. Let's right. not watch this together. Let's have a good combo. Bam. All right. Oh, it's boom. Boom. That's what it is. Boom. Bam's all right. Bam. Pow. Pow, yeah. Uh, Those are the three. Remember Batman days? (laughs) Those are the three. Anything else? All right.